Chapter Ten of Personal Narrative of Pilgrimage to Al Medina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Ten of Personal Narrative of Pilgrimage to Al Medina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. The Pilgrim Ship. The larger craft anchors some three or four miles from the Suez Pier, so that it is necessary to drop down in a skiff or a shore-boat. Immense was the confusion at the eventful hour of our departure. Suppose us gathered upon the beach on the morning of a fiery July day, carefully watching our hurriedly packed goods and chattels, surrounded by a mob of idlers, who are not too proud to pick up waves and strays, whilst pilgrims are rushing about apparently mad and friends are weeping acquaintances are vociferating adieu boatmen are demanding fees shopmen are claiming debts women are shrieking and talking with inconceivable power and children are crying in short for an hour or so we stand in the thick of a human storm to confound confusion the boatmen have moored their skiff half a dozen yards away from the shore lest the porters should be unable to make more than double their fare from the hedges again the turkish women make a hideous noise as they are carried off struggling vainly in brawny arms the children howl because their mothers howl and the men scold and swear because in such scenes none may be silent the moment we had embarked each individual found that he or she had missed something of vital importance a pipe a child a box or a watermelon and naturally all the servants were in the bazaars when they should have been in the boat briefly despite the rage of the sailors who feared being too late for a second trip we stood for some time on the beach before putting off from the shore we pulled to the little pier where sat the bay in person to perform a final examination of our passports several were detected without the necessary document some were bastinadoed others were peremptorily ordered back to cairo and the rest were allowed to proceed at about ten a m sixth of july we hoisted sail and ran down the channel leading to the roadstead on our way we had a specimen of what we might expect from our fellow-passengers the maghrabi footnote men of the maghrib or western africa the vulgar plural is maghrabin generally written mogribin may not the singular form of this word have given rise to the latin marus by allusion of the ren to italians an unpronounceable consonant from marus comes the portuguese moro and our english moor when vasco de gama reached calicut he found there a tribe of arab colonists who in religion and in language were the same as the people of northern africa and for this reason he called them the moors this was explained long ago by vincent in periplus lib three and lately by pritchard in natural history of man i repeat it because it has been my fate to hear at a meeting of a learned society in london a gentleman declare that in eastern africa he found a people calling themselves moors the maghrabin or the westerns then would be opposed to the sharqiyin easterns the origin of our word saracen from gibbon downwards many have discussed the history of this word but few expected in the nineteenth century to see a writer on eastern subjects assert with sir john mandeville that these people properly ben clept sarazens of sarra 
the learned m jamad who never takes such original views of things asks a curious question mais comment en sont aussi distincts que les chines aurait-il poussé à confondre avec les signes et pour un mot aussi connu que char comme un orate on pousse trompre à l'omission des points simply because the word saracens came to us through the greeks Postolemy uses it who have no such sound as in sh in their language and through the italian which hostile to the harsh sibilance of the oriental dialects generally melts sh into s so the historical word hashashiyun or hemp drinkers civilized by the italians into assassino became as we all know an expression of european use but if any one adverse to the etymological fancies object to my deriving morris from maghreb let him remember johnson successfully tracing the course of the metamorphosis of dyes into jour an even more peculiar change we may discover in the word elephant pilu in sanskrit became peel in old persian which ignores the short final vowels feel and with the article al feel in arabic which supplies the place of p an unknown letter to it by f and elephaz in greek which is fond of adding as to arabic words as in the case of aretas haris and obodas or obeyed a name says humboldt often becoming a historical monument and the etymological analysis of language however it may be divided is attended by valuable results and a footnote a boat crowded with these ruffians rang alongside us and before we could recognize the defence about a score of them poured into our vessel they carried things too with a high hand laughed at us and seemed quite ready for a fight my indian boy who happened to let slip the word marras narrowly escaped a blow with a palm-stick which would have felled a camel they outnumbered us and they were armed so that on this occasion we were obliged to put up with their insolence our pilgrim ship the silk al-dhahab or the golden wire was a sambuk about four hundred ardibs or fifty tons with narrow wedge-like bows a clean water-line a sharp keel and undecked except upon the poop which was high enough to act as sail in a gale of wind she carried two masts raking eminently forwards the main being considerably larger than the mizzen the former was provided with a huge triangular latine very deep in the tack but the second sail was unaccountably wanting she had no means of reefing no compass no log no sounding lines no spare ropes nor even the suspicion of a chart in her box-like cabin and ribbed hole there was something which savoured of close connection between her model and that of the indian tony or dugout footnote the tony or indian canoe is the hollowed-out trunk of a tree near bombay generally a mango it must have been the first step in advance from that simplest form of naval architecture the catamaran of madras and aden and a footnote such probably were the craft which carried all sisostris across the red sea to deir such were the cruisers which once every three years left azon gibir for tarshish such the transfers of which a hundred and thirty were required to convey aelis gallus with his ten thousand men bakshish was the last as well as the first odious sound i heard in egypt the owner of the shore-boat would not allow us to climb the sides of our vessel before paying him his fare and when we did so he asked for bakshish 
if Easterns would only imitate the example of Europeans. I never yet saw an Englishman give a bakshish to a soul. The nuisance would soon be done away with. But on this occasion all my companions complied with the request, and at times it is unpleasant to be singular. The first look at the interior of our vessel showed a hopeless sight. Ali Murad, the greedy owner, had promised to take sixty passengers in the hold, but had stretched the number to ninety-seven. Piles of boxes and luggage in every shape and form filled the ship from stem to stern, and a torrent of hedges were pouring over the sides like ants into the East Indian sugar basin. The poop, too, where we had taken our places, was covered with goods, and a number of pilgrims had established themselves there by might, not by right. Presently, to our satisfaction, appeared Sad the demon, equipped as an able seaman, and looking most unlikely the proprietor of two large boxes full of valuable merchandise. This energetic individual instantly prepared for action. With our little party to back him, he speedily cleared the poop of intruders and their stuff by the simple process of pushing, or rather throwing them off it, into the pit below. When we settled down as comfortably as we could, three Syrians, a married Turk and his wife and family, the Rais or captain of the vessel with a portion of his crew, and our seven selves composing a total of eighteen human beings upon a space certainly not exceeding ten feet by eight. The cabin, a miserable box about the size of the poop and three feet high, was stuffed like the hold of a slave-ship, with fifteen wretches, children, and women, and the other ninety-seven were disposed upon the luggage, or squatted on the bulwarks. Having some experience in such matters, and being favoured by fortune, I found a spare bed-frame, slung to the ship's side, and giving a dollar to its owner, a sailor, who flattered himself that because it was his he would sleep upon it, I instantly appropriated it, preferring any hardship outside to the condition of a packed herring inside, the place of torment. Our maghrabis were fine-looking animals from the desert about Tripolis and Tunis, so savage that but a few weeks ago they had gazed at a cock-boat and wondered how long you would be growing to the size of the ship that was to take them to alexandria most of them were sturdy young fellows round-headed broad-shouldered tall and large-limbed with frowning eyes and voices in perpetual roar their manners were rude and their faces full of fierce contempt or insolent familiarity a few old men were there with countenances expressive of intense ferocity women as savage and full of fight as men and handsome boys with shrill voices and hands always upon their daggers the women were mere bundles of dirty white rags the males were clad in burnus brown or striped woolen cloaks with hoods they had neither turbaned nor tarbouche trusting to their thick curly hair or to the prodigious hardness of their scalps as defence against the sun and there was not a slipper nor a shoe amongst the party of course all were armed but fortunately for us none had anything more formidable than a cut-and-thrust dagger about ten inches long these maghrabis travel in hordes under a leader who obtains the temporary title of mola the master he has generally performed a pilgrimage or two and has collected a stock of superficial information which secures him the respect of his followers and the profound contempt of the heaven-made ciceroni of mecca and al-medina no people endure greater hardships when upon the pilgrimage than these africans who trust almost entirely to alms and to other such dispensations of providence 
it is not therefore to be wondered at that they rob whenever an opportunity presents itself several cases of theft occurred on board of the golden wire and such as plunderers seldom allow themselves to be balked by insufficient defence they are accused perhaps reservedly of having committed some revolting murders the first thing to be done after gaining standing-room was to fight for greater comfort and never a holyhead packet in the olden times showed a finer scene of pugnacity than did our pilgrim ship a few turks ragged old men from anatolia and Cremania were mixed up with the maghrabis and the former began the war by contemptuously elbowing and scolding their wild neighbours the maghrabis under their leader Mola ali a burly savage in whom i detected a ridiculous resemblance to the reverend charles del fosse an old and well-remembered schoolmaster retorted so willingly that in a few minutes nothing was to be seen but a confused mass of humanity each item indiscriminately punching and pulling scratching and biting butting and trampling with cries of rage and all the accompaniments of a proper fray whatever was obnoxious to such operations one of our party on the poop a syrian somewhat incautiously leapt down to aid his countrymen by restoring order he sank immediately below the surface of the living mass and when we fished him out his forehead was cut open half his beard had disappeared and a fine sharp set of teeth belonging to some maghrabi had left their mark on the calf of his leg the enemy showed no love of fair play and never appeared contented unless five or six of them were setting upon a single man this made matters worse the weaker of course drew their daggers and a few bad wounds were soon given and received in a few minutes five men were completely disabled and the victors began to dread the consequences of their victory then the fighting stopped and as many could not find places it was agreed that a deputation should wait upon ali murad the owner to inform him of the crowded state of the vessel after keeping us in expectation at least three hours he appeared in a row-boat preserving a respectful distance and informed us that any one who pleased might quit the ship and take back his fare this left the case exactly as the way was before none would abandon his party to go on shore so ali murad rode off towards suez giving us a parting injunction to be good and not to fight to trust in allah and that allah would make all things easy to us his departure was the signal for a second fray which in its accident differed a little from the first during the previous disturbance we kept our places with weapons in our hands this time we were summoned by the maghrabis to relieve their difficulties by taking about half a dozen of them on the poop sa'ad the demon at once rose with an oath and threw amongst us a bundle of nabut goodly ashen staves six feet long thick as a man's wrist well greased and tried in many a rough bout he shouted to us defend yourself if you don't wish to be the meat of the maghrabis and to the enemy dogs and sons of dogs now shall you see what the children of the arab are i am Umar of daghestan i am abdullah the son of joseph i am sa'ad the demon we exclaimed renewing it by the display of name and patronymic to do our enemies justice they showed no sign of flinching they swarmed towards the poop like angry hornets and encouraged each other with cries of allahu akbar but we had a vantage ground about four feet above them and their palm-sticks and short daggers could do nothing against our terrible quarter-staves in vain the jacquerie tried to scale the poop and to overpower us by numbers their courage only secured them more broken heads at first i began to lay load with main morte really fearing to kill some one with such a weapon 
but it soon became evident that the maghrabis heads and shoulders could bear and did require the utmost exertion of strength presently a thought struck me a large earthen jar full of drinking water in its heavy frame of wood the weight might have been a hundred pounds stood upon the edge of the poop and the thick of the fray took place beneath footnote in these vessels each traveller unless a previous bargain be made is expected to provide his own water and firewood the best way however is when the old wooden box called a tank is sound to pay the captain for providing water and to keep the key End of footnote. seeing an opportunity i crept up to the jar and without attracting attention rolled it down by a smart push with a shoulder upon the swarm of the silence the fall caused a shrill shriek to rise above the ordinary din for heads limbs and bodies were sorely bruised by the weight scratched by the broken pot shreds and wetted by the sudden discharge a fear that something worse might be coming made the maghrabi slink off towards the end of the vessel after a few minutes we sitting in grave silence received a deputation of individuals in whitey brown burnus spotted and striped with what mephistopheles calls a curious juice they solicited peace which granted upon the condition that they would pledge themselves to keep it our heads shoulders and hands were penitentially kissed and presently the fellows returned to bind up their hurts in dirty rags we owed this victory entirely to our own exertions and the meek omar was by far the fiercest of the party our rais as we afterwards learned was an old fool who could do nothing but call for the fatiha footnote the opener the first chapter of the quran which muslims recite as christians do the lord's prayer it is also used on occasions of danger the beginnings of journey to bind contracts etc and a footnote climb bakshis at every place where we moored for the night and spend his leisure hours in the cachilla del mediterraneo our crew consisted of half a dozen egyptian lads who not being able to defend themselves were periodically chastised by the maghrabis especially when any attempt was made to cook to fetch water or to prepare a pipe footnote these maghrabis like the somalis the wahhabis of the desert and certain other barbarous races unaccustomed to tobacco appear to hate the smell of a pipe End of footnote. at length about three p m on the sixth of july eighteen fifty three we shook out the sail and as it bellied in the favourable wind we recited the fatiha with upraised hands which we afterwards drew down our faces footnote. the hands are raised in order to catch the blessing that is supposed to descend from heaven upon the devotee and the meaning of drawing the palms down the face is symbolically to transfer the benediction to every part of the body and a footnote as the golden wire started from her place i could not help casting one wistful look upon the british flag floating over the consulate but the momentary regret was stifled by the heart bounding which prospects of an adventure excite and by the real pleasure of leaving egypt i had lived there a stranger in the land and hapless life it had been in the streets every man's face as he looked upon the persian was the face of a foe whenever i came in contact with the native officials insolence marked the event footnote as is the case under all despotic governments nothing can be more intentionally offensive than the official manners of a superior to his inferior in egypt the indians charge their european fellow-subjects with insolence of demeanour and coarseness of language 
as far as my experience goes our roughness and brusquerie are mere politeness compared with what passes between easterns at the same time it must be owned that i have seen the worst of it and a footnote and the circumstance of living within hail of my fellow-countrymen and yet finding it impossible to enjoy their society still throws a gloom over the memory of my first sojourn in egypt the ships of the red sea infamous region of rocks reefs and shoals cruise along the coast by day and at night lay to in the first cove they find they do not sail when it blows hard and as in winter time the weather is often stormy and the light of day does not last long the voyage is intolerably slow Footnote. it was far safer and more expeditious in al idris's day a d eleven fifty four when the captain used to sit on the poop furnished with numerous and useful instruments when he sounded the shallows and by his knowledge of depths could direct the helmsman where to steer End of footnote. at sunset we stayed our adventurous course and still within sight of suez comfortably anchored under the lee of jabal ataka the mountain of deliverance the butt end of jabal joshi footnote in the east it is usual when commencing a voyage or a journey to make a short day's work in order to be at a convenient distance for returning in case of any essential article have been forgotten End of footnote. we were now on classic waters the eastern shore was dotted with the little grove of palm-trees which clusters around the ayun musa or moses's wells and on the west between two towering ridges lay the mouth of the valley badia or wadi tawariq or wadi musa down which according to father sickard footnote a jesuit missionary who visited the place in a d seventeen twenty and described it in a well-known volume as every eminent author however monopolizes a crossing and since the head of the suez creek as is shown by its old watermark has materially changed within no very distant period it is no wonder that the question is still subjudice and that there it will remain most probably till the end of time the christians have two equally favourite lines the muslims patronize one so impossible that it has had attractions enough to fix their choice it extends from zafaran point to hammam bluffs ten miles of deep water and a footnote the israelites fled to the sea of sedge footnote the hebrew name of this part of the red sea in communication lately made to the royal geographical society i have gave my reason for believing that the greeks borrowed their erythraean sea from the arabic sea of himyar and a footnote the view was by no means deficient in a sort of barbarous splendour verdure there was none but under the violet and orange tints of the sky the chalky rocks became heaps of topazes and the brown burnt ridges masses of amethyst the rising mists here silvery white there deeply rosy and the bright blue of the waves lining long strips of golden sand compensated for the want of softness by a semblance of savage gorgeousness footnote. most travellers remark that they have never seen a brighter blue than that of the red sea it was the observation of an early age that the red sea is not more red than any other sea but in some places thereof is the gravel red and therefore men clepen it the red sea and a footnote next morning july seventh before the cruelian hue had vanished from the hills we set sail 
it was not long before we came to a proper sense of our position the box containing my store of provisions and worse still my opium was at the bottom of the hold perfectly unapproachable we had therefore the pleasure of breaking our fast on mare's skin is a composition of apricot paste dried spread out and folded into sheets exactly resembling the article after which it is named turks and arabs use it when travelling they dissolve it in water and eat it as a relish with bread or biscuit and a footnote and a species of biscuit hard as stone and quite as tasteless during the day whilst insufferable splendour reigned above the dashing of the waters below kept my nest in a state of perpetual drench at night rose a cold bright moon with dews falling so thick and clammy that the skin felt though it never would be dry again it is also by no means pleasant to sleep upon a broken cot about four feet long by two broad with the certainty that a false movement would throw you overboard and a conviction that if you do fall from a sambuk under sail no mortal power can save you and as under all circumstances in the east dozing is one's chief occupation the reader will understand that the want of it left me in utter utter idleness the gale was light that day and the sunbeams were fire our crew preferred crouching in the shade of the sail to taking advantage of what wind was there in spite of our impatience we made but little way near evening we anchored on a tongue of sand about two miles distant from a well-known and picturesque heights called by the arabs hammam firaun footnote pharaoh's hot baths which in our maps are called hammam bluffs they are truly enchanted land in moslem fable a volume would scarcely contain the legends that have been told and written about them see note one page ten ante and a footnote which like giants stand to sentinel enchanted land the strip of coarse quarries and sandstone gravel is obviously the offspring of some mountain torrent it stretches southwards being probably disposed in that direction by the currents of the sea as they receive the deposit the distance of the hammam bluffs prevented my visiting them which circumstance i regretted the less as they have been described by pens equal to the task that evening we enjoyed ourselves upon clean sand whose surface drifted by the wind into small yellow waves was easily converted by a little digging and heaping up into the coolest and most comfortable of couches indeed after the canescent heat of the day and the tossing of our ill-conditioned vessel we should have been contented with lodgings far less luxurious fuel was readily collected and while some bathed others erected a hearth three large stones and a hole open to leeward lit the fire and put the pot on to boil sheikh nur had fortunately a line we had been successful in fishing a little rice had also been bought with this boiled and a rock cod broiled upon the charcoal we made a dinner that caused every one to forget the sore grievance of the mare's skin and stone-hard biscuits a few maghrabis had ventured on shore the rais having terrified the others by threatening them with those bogies or the bedouin and they offered us couscousu in exchange for fish footnote one of the numerous species of what the italians generally call pasta the material is wheaten or barley flour 
rolled into small ground grains in barbary it is cooked by steaming and served up with hard-boiled eggs and mutton sprinkled with red pepper these badawi maghrabis merely boiled it and a footnote as evening fell we determined before sleeping to work upon their morale as effectually as we had attacked their physique sheikh hamid stood up and indulged them with an adhan or a call to prayers pronounced after the fashion of el medina footnote the adhan is differently pronounced though similarly worded by every orthodox nation in islam and a footnote they performed their devotions in lines ranged behind us as a token of respect and when worship was over we were questioned about the holy city till we grew tired of answering again our heads and shoulders our hands and knees were kissed footnote the usual way of kissing the knee is to place the finger-tips upon it and then to raise them to the mouth it is an action denoting great humility and the condescending superior who is not an immediate master returns the compliment in the same way and a footnote but this time in devotion and not in penitence my companions could scarcely understand half the rugged words which the maghrabis used as their dialect was fresh from the distant desert Footnote. the maghrabi dialect is known to be the harshest and most guttural form of arabic it owes this uninviolable superiority to its frequency of sukun or the quiescence of one or more consonants klab for instance for kilab and msik for msik thus it is that vowels the soft and liquid part of language disappear leaving in their place a barbarous-sounding mass of consonants. And a footnote. Still, we succeeded in making ourselves intelligible to them, vaunting our dignity as the sons of the Prophet, and the sanctity of our land which should protect its children from every description of fraud and violence. We benignantly promised to be their guides at al-Medina, and the boy Muhammad would conduct their devotions at Mecca, always provided that they repented their past misdeeds avoided any repetition of the same and promised to perform the duties of good and faithful pilgrims presently the rais joined our party and the usual story-telling began the old man knew the name of each hill and had a legend for every nook and corner in sight he dwelt at length upon the life of abu zulayma the patron saint of these seas whose little tomb stands at no great distance from our bivouac place and told us how he sits watching over the safety of pious mariners in a cave among the neighbouring rocks and sipping his coffee which is brought in a raw state from mecca by green birds and prepared in the usual way by the hands of ministering angels he showed us the spot where the terrible king of egypt when close upon the heels of the children of israel was whelmed in the hell of waters and he warned us that next day our way would be through the breakers and reefs and dangerous currents over whose troubled depths since that awful day the ifrit of the storm has never ceased to flap his sable wing footnote burckhardt mentions the arab legend that the spirits of the drowned egyptians may have been seen moving at the bottom of the sea and finati adds that they are ever busy recruiting their numbers with shipwrecked mariners and a footnote. the wincing of the hearers proved that the shaft of the old man's words was sharp 
but as night was advancing we unrolled our rugs and fell asleep upon the sand all of us happy for we had fed and drunk and the homo sapien is a hopeful animal we made sure that on the morrow the ifrit would be merciful and allow us to eat fresh dates at the harbour of tor fair visions of dates doomed the limbo of things which should have been the grey dawn eighth of july looked down upon us in difficulties the water is deep near this coast we had anchored at high tide close to the shore and the ebb had left us high and dry when this fact became apparent a storm was upon the point of breaking the maghrabis but for our interference would have bastinadoed the rais who they said with some reason ought to have known better when this phase of feeling passed away they applied themselves to physical efforts all except the women and children who stood on the shore encouraging their relatives with shrill quaverings threw themselves into the water some pushed other applied their shoulders to the vessel's side and all used their lungs with might and main but the golden wire was firmly fixed and their exertions were too irregular muscular force failed upon which they changed their tactics at the suggestion of their mola they prepared to burn incense in honour of the sheikh abu zuleyma the material not being forthcoming they used coffee which perhaps accounts for the shortcomings of that holy man after this the rais remembered that their previous exertions had not begun under the auspices of the fatiha therefore they prayed and then reapplied themselves to work still they failed finally each man called aloud upon his own particular saint or spiritual guide and rushed forward as if he alone sufficed for the exploit sheikh hamid unwisely quoted the name and begged the assistance of his great ancestor the clarified butter seller the obdurate golden wire was not moved and hamid retired in momentary confusion it was now about nine a m and the water had risen considerably my morning had been passed in watching the influx of the tide and the grotesque efforts of the maghrabis when the vessel showed some symptoms of unsteadiness i arose walked gravely up to her and ranged the pilgrims around her with their shoulders to the sides and told them to heave with might when they heard me invoke the revered name of my patron saint i raised my hands and voice ya piran pir ya abdul qadir jilani was the signal Footnote abdul qadir jilani i thus called upon a celebrated sufi or mystic whom many east indian muslims reverence as the arabs do their prophet in appendix one the curious reader will find abdul qadir again mentioned and a footnote each maghrabi worked like an atlas the golden wire canted half over and sliding heavily through the sand once more floated off into deep water this was generally voted a minor miracle and the appendi was respected for a day or two the wind was fair but we had all to re-embark an operation which went on till noon after starting i remarked the natural cause which gives this birkat firaun or the pharaoh's bay a bad name here the gulf narrows and the winds which rush down the clefts and valleys of the lofty mountains on the eastern and western shores meeting tides and counter-currents cause a perpetual commotion that day foam-tipped waves repeatedly washed over my cot by no means diminishing its discomfort in the evening or rather late in the afternoon we anchored to our infinite disgust under a ridge of rocks behind which lies the plain of tor the rais deterred all from going on shore by terrible stories about the bedouin that haunt the place besides which there was no sand to sleep upon 
we remained therefore on board that night and making sail early the next morning we threaded through reefs and sandbanks about noon into the intricate and dangerous entrance of tur nothing can be meaner than the present appearance of the old phoenician colony although its position as a harbour and its plentiful supply of fruit and fresh water make it one of the most frequented places on the coast the only remains of any antiquity except the wells are the fortifications which the portuguese erected to keep out the bedouin the little town lies upon a plain that stretches with a gradual rise from the sea to the lofty mountain axis from the sinaitic group the country around reminded me strongly of maritime sind a flat of clay and sand clothed with sparse turfs of salsole and bearing strong signs of a geologically speaking recent origin the town is inhabited principally by greek and other christians who live by selling water and provisions to ships Footnote. those people are descendants of syrians and greeks that fled from candia Sios, the ionian islands and palestine to escape the persecution of the turks they now wear the arab dress and speak the language of the country but are easily to be distinguished from muslims by their expression of their countenances and sometimes by their blue eyes and light hair there are also few families calling themselves jebeliya or mountaineers originally they were a hundred households sent by justinian to serve the convent of st catherine and to defend it against the berbers sultan khonsu al ghori called by european writers khamsun gari the mamluk king of egypt in a d fifteen o one admitted these people into the muslim community on condition of their continuing the menial service they had afforded to the monks End of a fleecy cloud hung lightly over the majestic head of jabal tur about eventide and the outlines of the giant hills stood picked out from the clear blue sky our rais whether wise men warned us that these were indications of a gale and that in case of rough weather he did not intend to leave tour i was not sorry to hear this we had passed a pleasant day drinking sweet water and eating the dates grapes and pomegranates which the people of the place carry down to the beach for the benefit of hungry pilgrims beside which there were various sights to see and with these we might profitably spend the morrow we therefore pitched the tent upon the sand and busied ourselves with extricating a box of provisions the labour was rendered lighter by the absence of the maghrabis some of whom were wandering about the beach whilst others had gone off to fill their bags with fresh water we found their surliness insufferable even when we were passing from the poop to forecastle landing or boarding they grumbled forth their dissatisfaction our rais was not mistaken in his prediction the fleecy cloud on tur's tops had given true warning when morning ninth of july broke we found the wind strong and the sea white with foam most of us thought lightly of these terrors but our valorous captain swore that he dared not for his life cross in such a storm the mouth of ill-omened akaba we breakfasted therefore and afterwards set out to visit moses's hot baths mounted on wretched donkeys with pack saddles ignorant of stirrups and without tails whilst we ourselves suffered generally from boils which as usual upon a journey make their appearance in localities the most inconvenient our road lay northward across the plain towards a long narrow strip of date ground surrounded by a ruinous mud-wall 
After a ride of two or three miles, we entered the gardens and came suddenly upon the hammam. It is a prim little cockney bungalow built by Abbas Pasha of Egypt for his own accommodation, glaringly whitewashed and garnished with diwans and calico curtains of gorgeous hue. The guardian had been warned of our visit and was present to supply us with bathing cloths and other necessaries. One by one we enter the cistern which is now in inner room. The water is about four feet deep, warm in winter, cool in summer, of saltish bitter taste, but celebrated for its invigorating qualities when applied externally. On one side of the calcareous rock near the ground is the hole open for the spring by Moses's rod, which must have been like the mast of some tall amiral. Footnote. Adam's forehead, says the Tariq Tabari, brushed the skies, but this height being inconvenient, the Lord abridged it to a hundred cubits. The Muslims firmly believe in Anakim. Josephus informs us that Moses was of divine form and great tallness. The Arabs specify his stature, three hundred cubits. They have, however, found his grave in some parts of the country, as e of the middle of the Dead Sea, and make cups of a human bitumen called Moses' stones. This people nishit ignorare, it will know everything. End of footnote. And near it are the marks of Moses' nails, deep indentations in the stone, which were probably left there by some extant Saurian. Our Ciceroni informed us that formerly the finger marks existed, and that they were long enough for a man to lie in. The same functionary attributed the sanitary properties of the spring to the blessings of the Prophet, and when asked why Moses had not made sweet water to flow, informed us that the great lawgiver had intended the spring for bathing, not for drinking. We sat with him, eating the small yellow dates of tor, which are delicious, melting like honey in the mouth and leaving a surpassing ariri gel. After finishing sundry pipes and cups of coffee, we gave the bathman a few piastres, and mounting our donkeys, started eastward for Bir Musa, which we reached in half an hour. Footnote. Bir Musa is Moses's well. I have no argument except the untrustworthy traditions of the Bedouin either for or against his having been the identical well near which moses sat when he fled from the face of pharaoh to the end of midian one thing is certain namely that in this part of arabia as also at Aden, the wells are of very ancient date and a footnote it is a fine old work built round and domed over with roughly squared stones very like what might have been in some rustic parts of southern england the sides of the pit were so rugged that a man could climb down them and at the bottom was a pool of water sweet and abundant we had intended to stay there and to dine al fresco but the hated faces of our companions the maghrabis meeting us at the entrance nipped that project in the bud accordingly we retired from the burning sun to a neighbouring coffee-house a shed of palm leaves kept by a tour man and there seated on mats we demolished the contents of our basket whilst we were eating some bedouin came in and joined us when invited to do so they were poorly dressed and all armed with knives and cheap sabres hanging to leathern bandoliers in language and demeanour they showed few remains of their old ferocity as late as muhammad ali's time these people were noted wreckers and formerly they were dreaded pirates now they are lions with their fangs and claws drawn 
in the even we returned to our tent a syrian one of our party on the poop came to meet us with the information that several large vessels had arrived from suez comparatively speaking empty and that the captain of one of them would land us at yamba for three dollars a head the proposal was tempting but presently it became apparent that my companions were unwilling to shift their precious boxes and moreover that i should have to pay for those who could not or would not pay for themselves that is to say the whole party as such a display of wealth would have been unadvisable i dismissed the idea with a sigh amongst the large vessels was one freighted with persian pilgrims a most disagreeable race of men on a journey or a voyage they would not land at first because they feared the bedouin they would not take water from the town people because some of these were christians moreover they insisted upon taking their own call to prayer which heretical proceeding it admits five extra words our party orthodox muslims would rather have died than have permitted when their crier a small wizen-faced man began the azan with a voice in quel tenore ce fa il capon quando talvolta canta we received it with a shout of derision and some hastily snatching up their weapons offered him an opportunity of martyrdom the maghrabis too hearing that the persians were ruffled or heretics crowded fiercely round to do a little jihad or fighting for the faith the long-bearded men took the alarm they were twice the number of our small party and therefore they had been in the habit of strutting about with nonchalance and looked at us fixedly and otherwise demeaning themselves in an indecorous way but when it came to the point they showed the white feather these persians accompanied us to the end of our voyage as they approached the holy land visions of the nabut caused a change for the better in their manners at mahar they meekly endured a variety of insults and at yambar they cringed to us like dogs End of chapter ten